Hey guys, we just wanted to check in with you and give you a quick little bonus podcast this week. What do you think? I think we should. All right, so this is pretty cool, actually. Johnny Kuhn from the Conspiracy Cafe podcast. Of course, we had uh, uh, Jerry Hepburn on a while back, and that's where I heard Jerry was actually from Johnny's show. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be cool to bring Johnny on, and Johnny will talk about some of his like favorite conspiracies. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's all this is, is just basically just having some fun. You got to listen to it already. What did you think? I did. Well, I know that he's very, very fascinated and into what he's talking about. And it's, I learned a lot of interesting things about pyramids. Pyra- and, I was going to say pyramids. Mm-hmm. He's into some pyramids. Buddy. Yeah, it's really, it's really pretty cool. Nothing I would have, of course, I know it's me, but still, you know, things that I would have never thought of at all. So it's very cool. And I made a good Sphinx joke. You did. Anyways, you did. So I just thought it would be a good opportunity to bring that to you. But also, real quick, before we bring on Johnny, I wanted to uh, mention to you guys that we are helping a family. We Mm -hmm. did that last year for Christmas. And this year we actually have a a member of our group. So obviously it's near and dear to our heart. Uh, We're keeping the family anonymous because they didn't ask for the help. But I just know that they are in desperate need right now. So I thought... This would be another opportunity for us to help out, but their situation is uh, definitely more than what Tracy can do by herself. So I opened it up and put out a post on the uh, Facebook page and on our group, but I know not everybody who listens is on that, so they they wouldn't know. But on on our um, website, first part of our website, if you go to it, if you'd like to try to help out this family by donating a dollar or two dollars or five dollars, it is... uh, would be very much greatly appreciated. We're going to uh, try to help them out through about Sunday and turn everything over to them. I know we've collected about $400 so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was in pretty much in one day. Yes. So that you guys are phenomenal. But I just wanted to say that if you go to our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, on the front page, there's a donate button. And uh, if you want to donate something, every penny helps. And we can uh, help this family out in their time of need. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Such a great feeling. It does. And it's, it helps somebody out. And, you know, you guys are our family. So we appreciate everything that you all do for us as well. Absolutely. With that being said, let's listen to Johnny Coon. All righty. Well, I've got a fun guest on tonight. I've actually had this in the works for a while, just uh, having trouble getting everybody's times together. But I've got Johnny Coon from the Conspiracy Cafe. Johnny, thanks for coming on, buddy. Oh, dude, thanks for having me, man. It is an honor. And it is a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to it, man. We're gonna have, we're gonna have fun. I think so. I think so. So here's the deal: your show literally con- consists of all kinds of different aspects, and uh, we had uh, Jerry Halpern on what last week, week before last, mm-hmm. talking about the uh, the Los Angeles battle over Los Angeles, however you want to place it. Right. And I originally heard him talking about that on your show, and your show is actually one of my new favorites that I've recently discovered and have been binging on it. I think it's just a cool concept. Oh, wow. Your show's a long show. Your show's about two and a half to three hours most nights, and it's a lot of chit-chat along with the story. And some people don't like that. I personally do. I like hearing, you know, the back and forth, if it's interesting. Some some people don't have that ability, but you you do have that ability, and you picked the right uh, co-host to be on with you and special guest. So congrats uh, on, on having such a phenomenal show. I love it. Wow, thank you so much, man. To hear... To hear that coming from someone so established with with a, a you know a big time show like yours, man, I mean, wow, that's I thank you so so much, man. Yeah, we um we get into a lot of different things, man, conspiracies, UFOs, a little paranormal, some true crime stuff along the way, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's we just we have a lot of fun, man. And you're right, the, a lot of people don't like the you know because we do not get into our topic until at least a good 30 45 minutes man we have a couple segments that we do uh some stories just you know bullshitting back and forth and that's the that's the favorite part of the show for me that that is my favorite part it's like i was talking to jerry and he was telling me that y'all did like a three-hour show but y'all talked for like two hours before you even started recording right right yeah i'm doing the (laughs) editing and and you know there's a spot in between where you know we just go off topic for like 20 minutes you got to edit all that out. But yeah, if we just let it roll, hey, dude, we, the Area 51 show we just did probably probably was a good good five and a half hours. And I think we got yeah. uh, maybe three, three and a half hours out of that five and a half. So yeah, it's, it's uh, man, we just get off topic and, and start going. 
Yeah, so I would suggest if anybody likes what you hear tonight and you like what we had with Jerry, go go check out the show because the last two episodes were part one and part two of Area 51 that had Johnny and Jerry both on there. So if you liked uh, Jerry on here, you're going to like him on that show because he comes off the exact same way. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, man. J- Jerry's good. Uh, he's he's good with the research, man. I, I take pride in research on, on the show. That's like a big, big thing to me. Um, But... Yeah, Jerry's on point with with the notes, and he'll send me over notes. I'm like, holy Jesus, it's like a thesis, man. This is perfect. I just, we're going to use your notes, bro, because you got it going on. But yeah, Jerry's Jerry's good, man. I, I went solo there for a little while, then I had a co-host. She she went her separate ways, and you know now I now I have different people on. I have um, Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades. They're they're my two uh, main co-hosts at the moment. They do a show called Inhuman Experience. Be, pretty much, they're my they're my guys. But uh, like I said, I, you know Jerry's done a few shows with me, and I love just, I love mixing it up a little bit here and there. Sometimes I'll do one solo. So you know, it just depends. Love to mix it up. All right. So tonight, what I want to do is I want to give our listeners a taste of the Conspiracy Cafe. So I'm turning the microphone over to you. I told you to to pick out two or three of your favorite topics to uh, engage us with tonight. And that's what we're going to do. So, what do you have first up for us tonight? Okay, first up, well, you know, if we if we want to this into like my sh- make this sound, you know, a little bit, little bit like my show. We have a segment called "What the Fuck Florida" because I'm I'm down here in Florida, and you know, a lot right. of crazy shit goes on, and you know, that's become a, a every time we do a show, we have we have that that segment, and um, it's it's become pretty popular. I get a lot of really good good feedback in there. So let's start this off with a "What the Fuck Florida." Sounds good. Okay. Title of this one is Florida Man Masturbates to Porn in Public Library. A Florida man was arrested after reportedly masturbating in a public library while watching on one of the computers. On Thursday, an officer from the Clermont Police Department responded to a battery in progress. 26-year-old Troy Joseph McCorvey was getting physical with a security officer who was attempting to remove him. McCorvey was allegedly masturbating in the library while watching porn on one of the library's public computers. The security officer observed that McCorvey's pants were a quarter of the way down from his waist, and his penis and testicles were exposed. He noted that the patron was actively masturbating. The security officer ordered him to leave. McCorvey started to make his way towards the elevators, but the security officer told him to follow him down the stairs instead. The command was ignored. McCorvey rushed for the elevator and leaped inside. Security officer stuck his arm between the doors to prevent them from closing. That's when the previously masturbating Florida man grabbed onto his arm and attempted to pull him into the elevator. McCorvey was able to close the elevator doors and make it to the first floor where the security officer was waiting. He was escorted out of the library and then ran towards the wooded area at which point the police arrived. McCorvey has been charged with indecent exposure, battery, and two counts of resisting without violence. His bond was $85,000 in Lake County Jail. He has a long history of arrests in Lake County since 2015, with prior charges including, but not limited to, larceny, obstructing justice, trespassing, domestic battery, witness tampering, resisting arrest, and battery. Corvey was born in Kansas City, Missouri. So that is your What the Fuck Florida for the week, and good Lord, maybe he just didn't have access to Wi-Fi at home. You know, we had a, a guy here in Lexington this goes back about two years ago, and uh, you know I was in the rent-to-own business before I was doing this, and while I was doing this, and there was a customer of mine that actually got busted in the uh, the library up here for pulling up child pornography. Oh my god! And got arrested uh, about about two years ago. Holy so, shit! Uh, the the level of intelligence with some of these people. Uh, definitely is lower than it needs to be to even be able to access a computer oh my goodness i I mean you're in a public library man and and you have okay if you're going to do it in a public library you you can maybe just unzip your zipper it may have his pants all the way down well the intelligence like i said is obviously not the strong yeah that that's that's pretty bad Okay, so yeah, like I said, that that's a little segment that that we that we do. You know, we 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 have fun with that one. <laughs> I try to pick some crazy ones, and uh, yeah, that that one was a little nuts, <laughs> to say the least. All right, <laughs> pun, pun intended there. <laughs> okay, you want to get into some of this stuff? Let's do it. Okay, so here's what I was thinking. I, I you know I have a lot of favorite conspiracies and a lot, a lot of a lot of favorite topics, but I, I kind of picked these ones because they're kind of going to flow into each other. So, you know, everyone okay. knows about Roswell, the crash, the crash at Roswell. 
and uh, we're going to get into that a little bit. And the reason to get into that is to uh, you know kind of segue into technology. So, okay, July 1947, reports of an object that crashed in the general vicinity of Roswell, New Mexico, uh, with some alleging that an extraterrestrial spacecraft and its alien occupants had crashed and were recovered by military personnel. Uh, the U.S. military maintains that what was recovered was debris from a weather balloon, and that weather balloon belonged to a classified program called Mogul. Now, however, to this day, many conspiracy theorists and others claim that it was all part of an extravagant cover-up by the United States government and that a UFO actually did crash on that day. So we'll get through this one pretty quick. I got a little little timeline that we'll read, and uh, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll flow that right into, into technology, which is the whole reason I'm, I'm bringing this one up here. Okay, so July 2nd, 1947, a rancher named Mac Brazel and others reported, reportedly heard a loud crash during the night near Corona, New Mexico. July 3rd, 1947, next day, Mac Brazel finds really strange crash debris. And this, he found this on the Foster Ranch. So he hears a crash. He, he goes out there the next day to investigate. And he finds all kind of strange debris, like shit he's never, ever seen before. So he, he st starts picking it up. He starts investigating, looking at it. And that was on July 3rd. July 5th, the town of Corona lists that they're going to give you a $3,000 reward for the debris of any crashed flying saucer. So kind of weird that, you know, two days later, they, they're you know, offering a award for, for crash debris of anything, you know, involving a flying saucer because they must have heard something like, all right, well, let's get on this. So July 6th, Mac Brazel showed pieces of the wreckage to Chavez County Sheriff George Wilcox. Wilcox called Roswell Army Airfield and he talked to Major Jesse Marcel. He was an intelligence officer. Uh, Major Marcel drove to the sheriff's office. He inspected the wreckage, uh, at which point William Blanchard, who was uh, Marcel's commanding officer, ordered the recovery of the wreckage. So Mac Brazel collects some of this, takes it to the sheriff's office. Sheriff calls Major Marcel. Marcel comes down, checks it out, and says, I, I, I want that. So military police arrive at the sheriff's office. They collect the wreckage to bring to Blanchard's office. The wreckage was then reportedly flown to 8th Air Force Headquarters in Fort Worth, and from there it went to Washington. So already, kind of weird. If it was a weather balloon, you know, it, it, I don't know that they would collect it. Put, you know, Fort Worth, and then now it's going to Washington. If it was a weather balloon, it's a weather balloon. You know, it's n no, not a big deal. So, July 7th, Major Marcel fills his vehicle with more wreckage. So he, he goes out to, this, <laughs> to the cr crash site. He's like, I want some more of this shit, man. So he, he, he starts filling his car up with, with this stuff. And around 1 or 2 a.m., he showed his wife and son the strange material that he found. Now, his son, Jesse Jr., later recalled that there were um, pink, purple, and lavender symbols along the center sections of some of the small metallic I-beams in the debris. Now, one of which is amazing to me, I, would, I really, really want this to be true so bad, was they, they found a piece of metal, and they call it the uh, mystery metal. And supposedly this stuff was like aluminum foil, like that thin, that bendable, that malleable, just like aluminum foil. But you could crush this, and as soon as you let go, boom, it would just go right back to its original shape. Like you could bend it, fold it. Uh, you couldn't rip it, uh, couldn't burn it. But, I mean, and you just fold it like, like aluminum foil. Like, literally, they said it was like aluminum foil, just that easy to, to, to bend and, and crumble. But as soon as you let go, it went right, I mean, without a crease in it, it went right back to its original state. I would love for that to be true because that, that's amazing. So he shows his wife and son all, all, of, this, all of this stuff. Now, on July 8th, next day, uh, information about a UFO crashing is put out on the AP wire. Now, the only newspapers that carried that initial story were uh, evening papers from uh, Chicago Daily News, Los, Angel Los Angeles Herald, the San Francisco Examiner, and the Roswell Daily Record. So, I mean, like big-time newspapers, you know, at, at that time, you know, no, no joke. So, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Chicago Tribune, which I think are bigger papers, they were only morning papers, so they didn't carry any of this story at all. They only carried the alleged cover-up story the next morning. Now, in the following investigations, 
It seemed that only one couple, Mr. and Mrs. Dan Wilmot, saw what they believed was a UFO flying disc the night of the alleged crash. According to various reports, they described sitting on their porch at 105 South Penn at about 10 o'clock when a large glowing object zoomed out of the sky from the southeast going in a northwesterly direction at a very super high speed. Uh, they said it was only visible for about 45 seconds, and they estimated that it was maybe, and again, I don't know how, some, I wouldn't know how fast something is in the sky if I saw it, but they estimated it as going four to 500 miles per hour. And again, I don't know how they get that number, but that, that's what they say. So, but this guy was, uh, he was thought of as a reliable person, Mr. Wilmot. Um, he reported the details that he and his wife saw just minutes before announcements that the RAAF was in possession of a crashed object. So they see this thing, and then they, you know, they, they get word there was, a, there was a crashed object. So they're like, damn, we, I think we just saw that. Now, it is claimed, and this is where we get into some, some fishy shit here. It is claimed that on the afternoon of July 8th, military personnel substituted the wreckage of a balloon for the real crashed debris. Officials uh, soon emerged saying that the original officers at the scene from Roswell were fooled and the material was simply that of a weather balloon. Now, a couple things here. Uh, you, you have military personnel going out to this site and, and they're, I mean, they came out and said it was a UFO in the paper. I mean, you can Google, you know, the Roswell paper um, UFO crash and they say there's a you know, flying disc, there's a UFO. So for these guys who are, Pretty, pretty highly trained, pretty reputable, I, I, would, I would think, say that it's a flying saucer. I think they would know, I think they would know what a weather balloon looks like. Maybe not, but, you know. You I, would think. I, you would think so, right? I, I, even if it wasn't a weather balloon, it, it would maybe look familiar to these guys. So, I mean, to the point where this guy's, you know, one o'clock in the morning is, is filling up his car with, with, with this shit to show his wife and, and kid. So that, that, that's a little fishy to me. And then, you know, the next morning, oh, we made a mistake. It was a weather balloon. And then they have, you know, in, in the paper, Mr. Marcel or Major Marcel was, uh, I think he was holding, holding up like a piece of the weather balloon in the paper. And like, no, it's a weather balloon. We were wrong. And I'm like, that's a, that's a big fuck up there. That's a big wrong, you know? So July 9th, 1947, it's alleged that officers located Mac Brazel, the rancher, and they questioned him. He was then taken by the military to the office of the Roswell Daily Record. That, you know, that, that's the paper that announced it, you know, it was a flying saucer, and then, then it wasn't. There, he issued a much revised version of his story. So I, I think they got a hold of him. Like, look, this is what you're going to fucking say, because you didn't see a UFO. Sorry. I was reported uh, that officers from the base then visited newspaper and radio offices in town to recover every single copy of the original press release. Mac Brazel was also then taken to radio station KGFL, where he again gave his revised version of the incident. That's when the Roswell Daily Record runs a second story with the new official information that it was a weather balloon. I mean, just super fishy, right? I mean, they're, they're going to all these radio stations <laughs> saying, you know, give me, the, I need the original press release. You're not going to have that. I, we, we need that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's a little fishy right, right there. You know, you make a mistake. That's one thing to, to recover all of the original press releases and, and information that it was a UFO and Oh, nope. Now it's a weather balloon. So I, the, the whole, look, I could get into this. UFOs are my, my, that's my thing. That's my subject. And uh, we, we actually did a show on Roswell and that, that was one of my favorite ones, but it, it's there, there's so many things that are just so so fishy about this. My reason for picking Roswell was to get into another one of my favorite subjects, which is technology. All right, Jerry, you're gonna help me out with, with this one here, man. Um, uh, te technology Fr from okay from 1947 when UFO supposedly crashed at Roswell to to now, the the technology is just overwhelming. So my, my question is this, legitimate question, what, you know, say Roswell never happened, no, no crash, nothing ever happened. What is on this earth right now that, that is different than what was on this earth in 1945 that we have become so advanced in such a small amount of time? You know, is it, is it just knowledge? Is it, you know, did, did we get smarter? But, I mean, you have Tesla, you have Einstein, but... 
I like, I would love to know what, and it, it baffles me that why can't we do the things that we're doing today? Why couldn't we have done them, you know, 50, a hundred years ago? I would say that it, it definitely is knowledge and, and building blocks. I mean, you get a little bit better, a little bit better. I mean, you could say the same thing about the 50 years before. I mean, why was it that doctors in 1850 didn't have the same skill sets as doctors in 1950? Or, you know, it's just, you know, you learn a little bits, pieces as you go. And, and you know, I think that's kind of maybe what it is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that we didn't learn from alien technology because I personally do believe, but to play devil's advocate, I would say that, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's just, we learned so much more. I mean, God, look, look back in the 1600s and, and, uh, you know, early 1700s, we were burning people for, for witchery because your crops didn't grow a certain way or somebody gave you the evil eye. I mean, in the 1940s, before Roswell, people weren't doing that. So I think we just progress as a civilization in general. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good point. And then that's a legit question for me. Like, I mean, yeah, we, we, when we did the show with Jerry, we, we got into this a little bit. Um, and he, he, he brought up a good point. He said, you know, it's like a chef. I mean, all the ingredients are here. You just don't know how to put them together yet. And maybe we just, you know, finally figured that out, how to, how to put something together. But it just, it baffles me to think, you know, man, all, everything was here. I think, I mean, or maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, maybe there's new stuff, whether it, whether it be discovered or, or whether it be, you know, traded for, for info from, from an alien race. I mean, who knows? You can go a million different, different ways than this, but I, I just think technology is so fascinating to me. Like, let's take the iPhone, for example. I guarantee you they have enough technology right now for the Apple 45, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? But you can't just come out with that because it's all about money. Everything is always about money. So you got to go, you got to pay a little bit here. And then next year you're going to pay for the, the 12 and then the 13 and then the 14. You can't go from A to Z. You got to hit all the letters in between to make all of that money. Well, that's a lot like automobiles. But, I mean, let's be honest. They could make cars last 25 years easy if they wanted to. There's no money in that. Exactly right. It's, it's all it's all about the money. I I, I think, but I, I think the technology is here, but it's gonna, you know, like you say, you gotta you gotta you know, baby steps, man. You can't just boom hit these people with everything we got. It might be a little overwhelming, but for the main reason, I believe it's it's you know you got to make all of this money from whatever's in in between. But it's just it's it's amazing to me that when you know I'll start thinking, I'm like, man, what. I mean, because we had smart people back, you know, look at Tesla, man. I think he had it, he had it all figured out, man. And again, he was destroyed by somebody else wanting to make money. Right. You know, Edison wanted, no, I'm charging for this. Are you out of your mind? We're making money. <laughs> so he kind of, he kind of got, you know, but he kind of got blasted for, for, for that. But yeah, I, I think Tesla had it all, all figured out, man. And I, I don't know, it's just technology baffles me as to, um, you know, just, I mean, what's different? It has to be the knowledge. And, you know, regardless of where we got that knowledge, it, it's got to be that because, you know, unless we're, unless you want to get into like element 115 that the supposedly Bob Lazar uh, found. I mean, other than that, I, I don't know what else is, what, what is new. You know, I, I think everything has been here all along. Maybe we're just now figuring out how to put it all together and, and, and do this and that. But again, a big part of that, I think, is, you know, you got to just go step by step for the money. No, I agree 100%. So, yeah, that that's always interesting to me. And then we can actually go from, um, you know, technology in, into like a little bit of ancient civilizations. Like, okay, oh, man, I, I started getting into, into this one, man. And I, I, <laughs> I started, I just get ahead of myself. I'm like, you <laughs> get all excited and shit. So, okay, so like ancient civilizations. Now, planet Earth is uh, roughly 4.5 billion years old. Uh, the first humans who walked on the earth looked completely different than, than we do now. And now it is said that humans were on this planet up to 6 million years ago. But the ones closely related to us, they're, they're, we're going to say about 200,000 years ago. You know, as far as like the Homo sapiens, the history of humans dates back to 200 to 300,000 years ago. Archaeologists working in Morocco found a jawbone and it dates it back to, to this era. 
they also found in Israel a uh, Homo sapien jawbone that was more than 175,000 years old. So, I mean, you, you have it here, you have it there, and then here and there. We're going to say that humans that we know, you know, when, when we think of humans, we're going to say between 200 and 300,000 years ago. Now, when I get into these ancient civilizations, I want to ask you, um, how long, okay, how long do you think it would take? Now, again, planet Earth is 4.5 billion years old. How long do you think it would take if us as a human race right now in 2020, a meteor hits us tomorrow and we are completely wiped out? How long do you think it would take for there to be not one trace whatsoever of us even existing? Hmm. So the, the whole planet's wiped out by a meteor tomorrow. How long would it take to not have any... I mean, because you're going to have bones that last seemingly for hundreds of years. Right. I, mean, I, right. I would say probably 5,000 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for there to be completely no, no trace. It's going to take a long, long, long time. A, a super long time. Now, planet Earth being 4.5 billion years old, who's to say that this hasn't happened already. Okay, think of where we're talking about going back to technology for, for a second. Think of where we are right now in, I mean, s such a short period of time when, when you think about it in the, in the big picture of it. We are so advanced that, that it's crazy. But imagine where we would be in, say, okay, say if, if we lived to be, you know, the human race lives this long. Say in 500 years. Where would we be from, from now? I, I would assume, I mean, the, you have to have a point where it just can't get any better. But I, I've, I've said that before, and it just keeps getting better. <laughs> right. like every video every video game I've ever played, like, oh, my God, this is so real. I can't get better than this. And then it does. So say where we are right now, 2020, a thousand years from now, you know, if, if we keep going like we are, where would we be, with, you know, technology-wise? Like super, super duper advanced. Yeah, correct. So who who's to say that, okay, this hasn't happened before? Say, okay, Earth's 4.5 billion years old. Say 3 billion years ago, there was a human race, I don't, whatever you believe in the evolution, however we got here, uh, there, there was a human race, and they were on this planet, you know, say we were, what, 200 to 300,000 years ago. Say they were on this planet for a million years. Where would they be technology-wise? It would probably be out of control you know if we think of us today you know it could be a whole it would be a totally different world but you oh man i'm getting <laughs> i'm all over the place i'm sorry say you know a billion years ago this human race so-called human race technologically advanced that they came up with a way to build a, a saucer a, a ship that can fly to another planet you know, that, that can fly around in space. Now, say they got word that, you know, a catastrophe, catastrophe was, was coming. And, you know, the, the higher-ups, the elite, just like we have today, they had the technology to get off of this planet and, and maybe go to another one. Maybe they found one that was habitable. So my whole point here is, like, what if some of the aliens that, you know, that, that people believe in, and some of the aliens are, are humanoid-looking, you know, like the greys and stuff, they... Mm -hmm. they they do kind of, you know, look, look, look humans. Like, who's to say that they weren't that at one point they were the race that was on Earth and they got out of here. And that that's who we're seeing today coming back. I mean, it's possible. I mean, I, I've always felt like that, you know, with the ice ages and with the uh, uh, just going back and forth, you know, we talk about global warming and, and I'm not going to sit here and pick a fight with people who believe in global warming or don't believe in global warming. But to sit there and say, oh, I mean, it's obvious that the earth is, is getting warmer. We're melting at the polar caps. Yeah, that's happened before. We've had ice mm -hmm. ages and the ice ages go away and turn to here. I mean, this has always happened. Now, are we making it happen a little bit faster? I don't know. But the reality of it is right. that's always happened. And that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people have, some people say, well, the dinosaurs were killed in a meteor. And some people think it was just a whole ice age killed them off. And regardless, mm -hmm. I think that there has been evolution on this planet, maybe several times. I think there were people that were wiped out, and then a new, you know, group of people have taken its place. We may be on the fourth or fifth or sixth time that this has happened, for all we know. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that that's that's my whole thought process. Like this, 
you're you're right. This this could be the fifth, sixth, seventh time that that we we've done this. You know, there's certainly enough time in 4.5 billion years, you know, that 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 could happen, and you know, wiped out and totally no no trace whatsoever of us. So I th- I think that's so interesting, man. When I when I start getting into into that, like, man, what what if you know the the grays or, or whatever? Because you, you know, each time we go through evolution, it it it's going to be different. You know, it's going to be the same process. But it's going to come out completely different. Like there's fish, you know, cave fish that, you know, over thousands of years, it's, it's so black. They don't use their eyes and uh, you know, they've evolved into, you know, not having eyes anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's just amazing for me to think, you know, go, go back and like, man, how many times has this happened? And we just completely start over. And, you know, we've we've been on this planet such a short period of time. I mean, what if these races you know these these other evolved races were a million times more advanced than we are right now and what they could do with that very possible i mean it's i agree 100 percent that the technology that are owned by different entities whether you want to call them aliens or whatever the situation are i i highly believe that there are several different types of aliens out there i think we're stupid as human beings to even you know, arrogant may even be the word to think that we're the only living creatures in this universe. I mean, Jesus Christ, there's so many galaxies that we don't even know about. Couldn't even reach oh, it if we wanted to, to even speculate that we're the only people. hundred percent, man. It would be very naive to think that we are, we are it, man. I think scientifically it's impossible, you know, that, that we're the only living things on this, you know, in this galaxy. Space is never ending. Right. It's just never ending, man. We have no idea. But yeah, you're right. I think ignorant, arrogant would would be a, a good word to uh, describe that us, you know, not thinking something else is here. That yeah, hundred percent, man. So yeah, I I, I always think that's a couple couple of things, man, that I always think about. Man, technology is one, and then you know these ancient civilizations. Like man, how many times has this this happened? How many times have we re-evolved, you know, into what we are? And you know, I I would love to think that. You know, some of these aliens and people describe these grays, you know, and they, they are humanoid looking. Man, maybe that was what we looked like on the third time, you know. Maybe they were advanced enough to, to get out of here and, you know, they're coming back. Maybe maybe what ruined them is what is going to ruin us. And they see signs of that and they're coming back like, hey, we got we to gotta check these guys out, man. This is technically our planet. You know, this is where we're from. We don't live here now, but this is where we're from. So technically, you know, we got to warn these guys. I mean, it's uh, there's a, there's tons of reasons why they could be coming back or coming down to Earth, but I mean, those are as good as any. Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, I mean, yeah, you could you could start thinking about it, and there's I mean, I mean a million different different things, but uh, just just fascinating to me, man, just the the possibilities and and the the civilizations and well, what was here before and how long would it take for us to completely disappear and. I, I just love, love thinking about that. Love, love, love it. Just love get the, get the head going and man, just so many possibilities and just endless thoughts that could, that could come from this. Well, I mean, it's definitely rabbit holes galore <laughs> to put it, you know, discreetly. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure, man. Okay. Where are we at? Half hour? We get a little bit. You want to get into one, one, one more thing and, uh, you know, kind of leads into the ancient civilizations, kind of? Yeah, let's do that. And all right. Yeah. And, and that is another fascinating topic for me is the uh, is the, the Great Pyramid or the, the, you know, the pyramids at, at Giza. The Giza pyramids are the brainchilds of three generations of Egyptian kings. Khufu uh, was the oldest of the three. He was the father of Khafre. Khafre was the father of Menkare. Now, each one of these pyramids in Giza, you know, there's three pyramids. They were built for these three kings and, you know, all in the family, generations. Kara's Pyramid, 2510 B.C., area 2.9 acres and 218 feet. Khafre's Pyramid, 2570 B.C., 11.5 acres, 471 feet. And the big Great Pyramid, Khufu's Pyramid, 13.1 acres and 481 feet. Whatever you believe, you know, how they were built, was it aliens, was it, you know, slaves, was it paid workers? I mean, just a, a million different things we, we could talk about there. So I, I just have some facts, some really, really cool facts about the pyramids. And, um, you, know, I, you know, some people say that they're this old, some people say they're that old. I mean, who, who knows really how, how old they are? I would love to uh, 
yeah i just i love it this is uh this is cool so you want to just can i go through like i don't know, like 10 or so little little facts absolutely for the pyramids all right yeah this is one of my favorite subjects man we, we did a show on this and that too was one of my favorite ones it's just has always fascinated me and it's on my bucket list to to go go see them one day okay so the first one we're going to get into is uh there's some strange heat spots in these pyramids in 2015 a thermal scan of the pyramids revealed that the great pyramid has three areas along the bottom that generate some kind of heat uh, speculation as to what it could be began quickly and pretty much all anomalies uh, some say there are small passageways beneath these heat points which could lead to hidden chambers others believe that the heat is being generated by leftover ancient technology that has long been forgotten like a lot of people say that the, the great pyramid was was a source for energy um, some people say it's maybe an ancient alien ship and it could actually take off one day. I don't, I don't believe all that. That's a, that's a little nuts even for me, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, imagine that fucking thing just like taking off one day and shooting into the sky. Holy shit. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of cool that there's, you know, heat spots all over this, this place and you know, we, we can't get in there We've sent little robots and, and, and stuff. But uh, for, for the most part, we don't know a whole lot about what's going on inside. Now, the next thing we'll get into, and this is why talking about the Great Pyramid, Khufu's, is uh, Khufu's coffin. Um, it, it said that he had the Great Pyramid built for, you know, that's, that's what they build them for as their, you know, sarcophagus. And that's where they're going to be. And that, but all that they've never found a, a mummy or anything in any of these these pyramids which is weird maybe they were stolen some people say possibly but yeah but who, who knows well when his sarcophagus was found and analyzed raised a lot of questions this thing was massive it weighed about 3.75 tons and but here's the cool thing the dimensions were too large to have been brought in so it, it was the pyramid was actually built around his his coffin so i thought that was really really cool the sarcophagus was made out of one solid piece of granite, and it was hollowed out from within. It also features holes that appear to have been made with some form of drill. I'm talking about, like, perfect holes. Like, perfect, perfect, smooth, look sanded down holes. And it's, that's another thing with, um, you know, how could such a prim primitive time produce such precise holes and carvings? It, it's amazing to me. Um, I mean, just the effort it would take today with today's technology and tools to, to hollow out and penetrate a solid block of granite. That, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, let's get into this one. Uh, the, the Great Pyramid, I found this to be fascinating. I, I just learned this actually a, a little while ago, actually when I was doing the show and the research. The Great Pyramid actually has eight sides. Now you look at it from the ground or you look at pictures and everything, you're like, no, that, that has four sides, that's it. I mean, it looks smooth as can be. When you get an aerial shot of the Great Pyramid, um, you can see that it, it legit is eight sides. Like each, each one of the four sides that we see, right down the middle, it's a little concave. So it actually is an eight-sided pyramid, which I thought was amazing. And the precision is ridiculous the sides indent by one degree of a half a degree now even in today's world that would be really really hard to do and some of the research when i was doing this the show we would have a hard time duplicating replicating th this pyramid today like th there are spots where you can't put a razor blade in between the you know where one block meets another one it is just it's it's perfect it, it's it's insane you know when you really start thinking about it we we I don't think we could do have that precise of a construction today, let alone, you know, BC, no tool, no power, no nothing. So it's fascinating to me. Our next thing we're talking about is the uh, casing stones. So at one point, the entire Great Pyramid was covered in white polished limestone that they imagined you could see from space. You know, when the sun hits it, it was like a big shining di diamond like a huge, just perfectly shiny. Now, you don't see any of that today because, you know, some has eroded and fallen off, but most of it, from what I understand, was, was stolen. You know, all that polished limestone was, was actually stolen. Uh, earthquakes have caused some of it to loosen and, and fall down, but, yeah, mo most of it was, was, was stolen, which is a shame. I mean, even back then, everyone's stealing, 
looting and, and shit like that. And the world never changes. Uh, okay. Okay, next one. This was pretty fascinating to me as well. Um, there, there's a 20-ton door, uh, and it's a swivel door in, in the Great Pyramid. Now, this door fit so perfectly in, into the opening that you, it is undetectable. You could look at it and look at it, and you have no idea that, that it's a door because it, it fit that perfectly. And from the inside, you could push that 20-ton door open with one finger. Huh. It was that smooth, that smooth, just that easy and that, that smooth. But again, from outside, you couldn't even tell it was there. Again, so precise with, I mean, with tools that, who knows, man? I mean, okay, there's also some mysterious shafts. That's what she said in here. <laughs> there has been much speculation. There's been much, much speculation regarding the shafts inside the Great Pyramid. The only one to be built with them is, is the... Uh, three pyramids, the only ones to be built with these mysterious shafts. Uh, the angles of these shafts seem to correspond with celestial bodies. Begged the question, what unknown technology were they using, again, to get such precise alignments? And it, B, why go through all the trouble? What for if they're, you know, secret, secret mysterious shafts? You know, it's like, what, what are they even there for? No, we don't know. No, nothing. Um, some say maybe just for ventilation, but most of them don't break the surface of the pyramid to reach any outside air. So that would, no one's void that, I, I, I would think. So yeah, the, the shafts are a weird thing, man. Just mysterious. Well, no, nobody knows what, what they're there for. Here's one I thought was, was, was crazy. And maybe it's just back in that time that, that that element or whatever they used isn't here anymore. But the mortar used for, for these stones is unknown to Earth. Samples of the mortar used for the construction have been analyzed many times. And though the composition has been term determined, the, our modern technology has yet been able to recreate it. Isn't that nuts? It's crazy. The, the mortar that they use, we have no idea. Like, it doesn't exist. It does not exist. The mortars, it's mostly made up of process, uh, processed gypsum. And it wasn't used like cement we use today. It, it, you know, it was used to support the joints of the huge stones. An estimated 500,000 tons of this stuff was used for, for the uh, construction. And here's another crazy thing. This mortar that they used is actually stronger than the stones themselves. <laughs> and amazing. this stuff has, <laughs> yeah, this stuff has remained in place for thousands of years and we have no idea what it was, what it is. We cannot recreate this, this mortar. Just crazy. Here's another crazy one that this thing, I mean, you think the pyramids were just built where they are for, for no reason. That's insane. They, they align with the North Pole. Now, all, this is nuts to me. There are a lot of theories that circulate uh, concerning the alignment of these things, especially the Great Pyramid. Uh, they all agree that they cannot conclusively say how the ancient Egyptians were able to construct it uh, with such accuracy to the cardinal directions. So the north-south axis is aligned to within 0 0.15 degrees of true north-south. 0 0.15 alignment is pretty much perfect the age uh, ancient egyptians didn't have the north star like we do today and one of the ways for them to have constructed the pyramids with such accuracy would have been using really complex algorithms now, these algorithms would have only worked close to the seasonal solstice times you know when the sun's alignment is is more easily viewed which would either even further complicate the process and, you know, you got to take into consideration also the atmospheric conditions, obstruction, viewpoint, and, you know, all that shit. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's alignment with, with the North Pole is, is, is nuts, man. And here's another thing real quick that doesn't say this, but I happen to, to know this. All three pyramids, the point of each pyramid aligns perfectly with Orion's belt, the three stars of Orion's belt. How is that even possible? It's crazy. I mean, I don't, I, that's... I'm not a mathematically uh, inclined person, so that stuff goes completely over my head. <laughs> me, me too. I'm horrible at math. Ugh, awful, awful. But, I mean, just the fact that, that it's aligned perfectly with Orion's belt, like, oh, my God. I mean, I, I go out and see stars. I couldn't tell you where, where you know, you point a straight line, line, line down to Earth. I wouldn't. Dude, you know, I have I mean, no idea. I'm talking about, like, per North, yeah, south, no east, west, unless I've got a compass. 
Oh my goodness. I do before GPSs, man. I, I can't tell you the countless hours I've driven around lost. I am the worst at directions. Same. I am directionally. Tra- oh, I'm the worst, man. <laughs> Thank God for GPS and cus- compasses, man. I, I'd be, I'd be done. But yeah, it just amazes me that they, they're aligned perfectly with stars in, in the sky. That, that, that's crazy, crazy to me. Uh, they also have some intricate tunnel systems throughout these things. Found these things below the, the pyramids, uh, truly allude to an advanced civilization, like super advanced. And like, you know, we were just talking about, I, they say how, they, how old they think these things are, but I mean, a, a, again, how long would, I mean, in another million years, these things probably won't be here or will they, or, you know? So yeah, just, it, they had to be pretty advanced to, you know, align them true north, align them with Orion's belt. I mean, it, it, you have to be, you know, pretty advanced to, to have that. Now, the massive size alone creates a persuasive argument that there was some unknown technology involved in their construction. Uh, the Great Pyramid, the largest of the three, and the largest in the world, consists of 2.3 million stone blocks that weigh two and a half to 15 tons each. Now, there was a quarry nearby that that they got all all these rocks from and man how how do you get these from one point to another man like from the quarry or you know they they just weren't picking these rocks up and putting them you know 10 feet away you can't you can't use like logs and roll them i mean they wouldn't they weigh way too much yeah it's 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 amazing when you think of it now the one thing i did read the, the nile river you know the the pattern of the nile river like the shore of the nile river kind of lines up with the pattern of the of the of the pyramids kind of i I'm, I'm saying i'm probably getting this totally wrong i'm just this is off the top of my head but you know the ri- river receded the you know over thousands of years say when these things were built the river was probably very very close to to the pyramids so a lot of people say you know boats but well, i mean what boat is going to hold a 15 ton i uh, you know it's then you start thinking of that and you're like damn man what's uh so they say it took 23 years to complete one one pyramid, and I think that's fast. I don't know how they can tell how long it takes to to make one, but they don't know what method they use to make them. Exactly, exactly, man. They're all over the place. Like 23 years. I, I mean, you're talking about. I mean, th- this thing is fucking massive. I mean, we we don't realize how big it is until you like see a picture of it with somebody standing at, at the base of it. Right. You're like, oh my god, man. I. 23 years seems very, very fast. But again, who, who knows? Who, who knows how it was built? Who knows? It's, it's cra- Here, here's something really crazy. The temperature inside the pyramid is constant at 20 degrees Celsius. Whether it be July or January, it is 20 degrees Celsius inside the, the pyramids. I guess the, the, the rocks are the, the rocks. The stones that they use to make it are so thick that I can't, I can't imagine that it's not like the best insulation you could ever ask for. And then in that access, it's, it's like a, a cave. You know, a cave is a constant temperature year-round. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree, man. These these stones are, are so thick, it's just, um, you know, not, nothing's getting out or in, you know, as far as, you know, temp- temperature-wise. I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be the same because it doesn't matter how hot the sun is or how cold it is. Nothing is penetrating that Again, that makes me think, but why 20 degrees Celsius in there? I, that's just, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, so I, I have no idea. But you're right, nothing, the sun's not penetrating through these stones to, to make it warmer in, in there when the sun's out, you know. Uh, that's about it, I think, on, 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 on the pyramids, man. Just, I mean, it's, it's amazing. The whole, there's some things that are fascinating to me. And the whole Sphinx, you know, guarding it. And they, 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 they say the Sphinx is now older than... Than, than the pyramids itself. So I don't know if they, you know, built the Sphinx first to protect the, the pyramid. Because if you build the pyramid first, there's going to be, you know, many years where it, there where it can't be protected by the Sphinx. So maybe that was their reasoning. They had to build the Sphinx first to, you know, protect it even while they were that while they were building it. I think they're judging that by the fact that the Sphinx now wears the pins and takes Geritol. So they're assuming it's the <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> Oh shit, for sure. Oh, one more thing I wanted to touch on, man, which is uh, th- th- this will get get me thinking too. Uh, there there are pyramids all around the world, correct? You know, Cuba, China. There are pyramids everywhere, and you know they're all very, very, very old. 
and they were all built before there was, you know, transportation or, you know, a phone call, a Zoom call. You, so how are these pyramids built exactly the same on opposite ends of, of the world? How, how did word get around? You know, do, do you think they just, okay, everybody just coincidentally thought to build a triangle building? That may be the most interesting point that you've actually brought up the entire night because yeah, it's one thing to be on a one continent and to be able to put your minds together and build something, but it's another to realize that they, these same things were going on all over the world on different continents when there there was, you know, one continent didn't even know they existed to the other. Right, right. And how many natural things look like a triangle? Right. I mean, so many natural things look like, like a square. So you would think, okay, let's build it like, like this, a, a square. But for it to be built like a triangle, you know, all around the world, you know, basically, you know, a lot of them at the same time, you know, same era, same time frame. How did they know? How did they know that, man? That, that's crazy to me. Like, there's no transportation. You couldn't pick up a phone. Yeah, couldn't send over blueprints. I just like how you yeah. how you how you put together that there was no transportation, no Zoom calls. So like the, <laughs> those two couldn't be any more uh, millenniums apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh shit! No Zoom calls. Nothing, man. Johnny, it's been awesome. But, um, it's been awesome having you on the show. Oh, dude, it is my pleasure, and I am honored, man, to to be on, man. When I heard that that you wanted to do something together, man, I was I, I was just so happy i was in awe man i'm just man i'm a i'm a big fan and you know i actually heard of you guys listening to brohio and um ever since then i mean it's i'm i'm truly truly honored man thank you so so much man i, I can't i can't tell you how much i appreciate this now we appreciate it buddy tell everybody how they can find you again okay so i'm at a conspiracy cafe podcast you can find me on instagram conspiracy cafe pod uh facebook we got a little private group conspiracy cafe podcast and um, yeah, that's it. Anywhere you hear a podcast, man, you, you can get our show. And yeah, that that's it, man. Thank you so much, Jerry. It's no problem, brother. Glad to have you on. And I'm sure sometime down the road, we'll have you on again. Oh, it sounds great to me, man. I'm always here. And uh, dude, that was awesome, man. I had a really good time. And th thank you so much. Thank you again.